Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where today's most exciting solopreneurs share their startup stories. They also deliver tangible strategies that they would implement personally if starting their business over today. Each episode is a startup masterclass. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin. Kevin Pruitt with Rising Tide Startups, and my guest today is Anthony Baxter. Anthony, thanks for joining us on Rising Tide. Oh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Anxious to hear your story, but uh, before we, we just dive in with both feet, and tell our listeners a little bit about Anthony Baxter. Anthony Baxter. I, well, um, I won't talk about myself in the third person. I think that's kind of weird. But, um, I guess um, entrepreneur at heart. Always wanted to be in business ever since I was a young uh, kid. So I think business was around me. Uh, you know, growing up as a as a, as a even a toddler, I would um, be in the my dad's businesses or be driving to uh, meetings with him and just sort of soaking everything in as a young child. So um, four years old, my dad asked me, what do you want to be when you're older? And I'm sitting in the seat next to him. I said, dad, I want to be a dairy owner. <laughs> I, want to be a, I want to be a grocery store owner. And he said, why, why do you want to be a dairy owner? I said, well, you know, everyone just brings you lots of money. So <laughs> it's all I could see as a kid. And, um, I think, you know, obviously um, that didn't eventuate, which is, which, is, uh, which is all right. There's nothing wrong with a dairy owner. I think they make a pretty good profit margin. But um, I think as a young kid, I really wanted to start my own business and to be sort of in charge of my own destiny. And entrepreneurship, I think back then wasn't as sexy as it is now. Yeah. Um, it only had, I guess, recently over the last five years, I think become something that people aspire to want to be. Whereas, mm. you know, 10, 15 years ago, perhaps that was a very different story. And it's, it's all about business, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I guess as a, as a kid, that sort of um, mentality uh, came through. At nine years old, I was buying Game Boys from other kids at, at primary school. I, I bought and sold about 15 Game Boys. <laughs> I had about $2,000 cash in my pocket and my, mom's, my mom was very confused. She's like, what's going on here? What are you doing? <laughs> are you selling drugs? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she had no idea like, how I'd got this money. And um, yeah, I was buying them cheaper, um, you know, doing them up, writing an ad on the paper, meeting people, selling them. <laughs> I have, you know, parents coming to buy these Game Boys, very confused. <laughs> this little young kid meeting them at the door. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that was, that, was a, that was probably where it got started for me. You know, I really enjoyed that. Um, I turned a dollar into five. And, um, and then I guess I, I did lose track and sight of, of, of my entrepreneurship roots. And I fell into the school system. High school was hard for me. I wasn't made for high school. High school was not made for me at all. <laughs> um, you know, and, and the traditional schooling system, yeah, I, 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 I basically dropped out of school. Um, 17 years old, I went, this isn't for me. I stopped turning up. Um, I had strong grades, but I just, you know, I wasn't interested at all. Yeah. I wasn't passionate about it. Yeah. Didn't understand why I was learning science, but I didn't want to be a scientist. <laughs> and, um, I, I think uh, if I was to go back now, I'd probably enjoy it. But back then, it wasn't a good time. Uh, no. And instead, I actually studied electrical engineering. So very, very odd choice for me. Um, I gave it a go. I did that for one year, Certificate of Electrical Engineering. I got on my hands and knees for a week. I uh, electrocuted myself. I shot from one end of the room to the other because I forgot to turn off the, the circuit. Oh my gosh. And I said to myself, this is not for me. <laughs> what, am I, what, what am I doing here? 
So I actually fell back to my roots after that. And I did the one thing that I knew I was really good at. And it was, that was selling, you know, that was sales. Mm. That was, that was communicating and building relationships with people and selling product. So um, 20 years old, I, I started selling for a telco. I was their youngest sales, uh, sales rep in the B2B space. And they grew very quickly to, you know, 150 salespeople in uh, New Zealand in the space of a year. And I, you know, I landed on my feet and I was, I was their top salesperson for two years. And that was, that was awesome. You know, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I, I gave that a go for three years and, and then um, I fell into this thing called digital marketing, which at the time, you know, was very new to me. Um, of course, growing up around Google, Facebook and, and, and Bebo and all the social platforms yeah. that don't exist anymore, MySpace, um, it was it was really interesting. I had no idea from a commercial sense how it would, how it would work. But um, yeah, I took a job with a NASDAQ-based digital marketing company that had just opened in New Zealand. And wow, that what a whirlwind that was. And I think I found something that I really loved because it was built around helping businesses grow. It was very right. entrepreneurship-based. Right. You know, it's, it's all about growth, which is what I'm all about. But at the same time, I could pair that with my sales skill set that I'd learned as a, as a young young kid and at, at the last role um, that I was in. Great industry. Unfortunately, the business I worked for, I wouldn't, you know, probably not the best fit. And I didn't fall in love with the business. And um, I had a light bulb moment, you know, I'd, I'd fallen away from the entrepreneurship groups that I always knew I would fall into. And I said to myself, you know what, I'm going to give this a go. I truly believe I can do a better job here. It's not rocket science, you know, I'm sure I can figure it out. And I handed in my resignation and the rest is history. You know, I started in the bedroom, didn't know what we were doing, uh, learned everything, late, late nights, YouTube, you know, <laughs> calling people asking, you know, how do I set up a Google ads campaign? You know, mm. um, it, it was a, it was a, it was a roller coaster, I tell you. <laughs> so you didn't, there was not any of this like, like uh, running parallel tracks here where you were, you stayed in your day job and started working this at night to China. I mean, you just went all really in. Good you, just, you burned the boats, right? Well, I did burn the boats. However, I maintained a commission only sales role with uh, a friend who had a two degrees dealership. So that was the telco that I'd previously right. worked at. Yeah. So, so I knew, you know, before I resigned, I always had my, my, you know, my means of creating income because I think it's, it's not wise to sort of, it's not wise to leave your, uh, your your day job and go all in if you don't have an SEG or, or, or investment. So yeah. um, what, what, my, what my day split looked like was, yeah, three hours in the commission-only role, make enough money to pay the bills and that's it. Yep. And then all of the rest of my time in my business. Um, usually that would be, you know, nine to 12, the commission-only role, and then 12 to like 10 or 11 p.m. So I'd still do eight hours in my business and, you know, there just wasn't any time for uh, parties or PlayStation or movies or Netflix or anything like that. You no, know, that's so. like that's a common story though with entrepreneurs. I mean, they're they're like, mm -hmm. you know, you can. Uh, what's that 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 famous saying that says, you know, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna really butcher the the wording in it, but it's something like, you know, <laughs> you're doing today what people won't do, so tomorrow you can have what mm -hmm. people won't you know won't have or something like mm -hmm. that. I mean, you you make the sacrifices mm -hmm. early. And and you knew yeah. and it was a priority priority to you and you're like, you know, we're all in. I, I'm I'm going all in because this has got to work, you know, type thing. Exactly. I, mean, I, I can yeah. fall back and go back to sales, but there's nothing in me that wants to do that, you know. That, that's I mean, right. This is what you're wanting. Right. You're stepping in the new 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 world right here. 
it's it's sink or swim and but i i do believe throughout the process if you're enjoying yourself it's it's okay like i would spend the the whole weekend you know creating our new website or creating yep. a strategy or, or prospecting or thinking about a strategic partnership and at the time you know like when you start your own business your first business in fact you're so excited yep. <laughs> and it's almost that uh, you're a little bit naive to a lot of things mm -hmm. as well so you jump into the deep end you, I also thought a lot of things would be a lot easier than they were. And I learned that the hard way as well. Everybody but does. <laughs> at the same time, having that approach to just go, let's do it. Um, other areas where people sort of overthink, you know, we weren't overthinking, we were executing. Um, yep. So at the beginning, it was like 80% execution, 20% strategy. And then now as it's evolved, it's, it's a nice split, I'd say between 50-50. Right. You need both. But um yeah, just get those wheels spinning. And uh, <laughs> that's what we did, right? Um, we made hundreds of phone calls. We, we bashed down doors. We, you, we learned from people who are running agencies. We learned from YouTube. Um, at the time, I had a business partner that was more operational. I was the business driver. And yeah, it was, it was, it was a really, really interesting um, journey at the time, you know? And it's, it's pretty, pretty cool to look back, actually. I, it's interesting. I want to I want to camp on that point just for a second. I mean, you, you talked about your your you had a business partner that was kind of the operational side of things, and you were kind of like the development, business development, sales, you know, mm -hmm. kind of front man sort of thing, sort of thing. But I I have seen that work really well because people operated kind of in their skill sets, and I've seen it operate really poorly, where like the person that's the development person feels like they're carrying both people. You know, because it's yeah, like agreed. I'm working twice as hard. You know, you're you're doing some books over there. And you're, you know, you're, you know, I don't know if trying yes. to throw the guy on the bus, but I mean, I mean, it's it's interesting. I kind of want to hear, you know, your experience or or maybe your thoughts on that for people that might be listening that said that mm. that might want to bring on a partner that that has completely different skill set than themselves. How do you what what's some yeah. advice you could give them on how to navigate that well? I think partnerships are, you know at any time if, if if there's um a misalignment they can explode they can be quite dangerous you know you have to have complete self-awareness of what you can do but also what you can't do right so you can respect your partner and 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 the hole that they fill. so for me you know at the time and, and obviously i've evolved massively now i can't not be operational i can't be strategic i can't yep. just pretend i i can't not look at the books you know i've had to evolve exactly. as a ceo now but prior, I knew I knew that from an operational standpoint, I wasn't great at creating process and systems. And mm -hmm. from a, a doing the work, you know, I'm a, I'm a big picture sort of guy. I knew that if I got stuck in the detail, it, it what took him, you know, five hours would take me 10 hours because it's mm -hmm. just not a natural yeah. skill set. So, so going in, <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Um, now, because I've trained that uh, skill, it's it's okay. But as a natural skill set, it took a lot of time. So as long as I went into that with that opinion and and that um, I guess respect, as well as the self awareness, I think is the main yeah. thing. Yeah, um, then then it's totally fine. And even if there's a, it's not about the time in or time out as well. A lot of people get stuck up on that. Um, so, you know, everything would come in swings and roundabouts, you know, like perhaps one week I would invest more time in business development and the next mm -hmm. week they would invest more time in operations and systems. But at yeah. the end of the day, it's around business outcomes. And as long as you're both achieving business outcomes, then, then that's the key. So I think finding a business partner that, you know, is focused on the business outcome and not around the energy or effort, because right. at the end of the day, you know, business doesn't really care about how hard you work. If you're not good enough or you're not focused on that outcome, 
unfortunately, business is pretty cut and dry. Yeah. So you have to be laser focused on that outcome and do whatever it takes to get that outcome. And for some people that will take longer and for some people that will be, that'll be less. Um, I so, like, you know, like the way you, yeah, you, I, the term you used about alignment. I mean, I really like that, that, uh, I mean, how you kind of talked about, you know, you can operate in different skill sets, but you certainly have to both be aligned and, you know, for a common purpose and a common goal and a common strategy. And, you, you said something a minute ago, I wanted to, I, we kind of flew by this idea that, you know, I, I wasn't passionate about that or I didn't like that, that or wasn't excited about that business or whatever. How important do you think that is just overall for people that, that want to start their own thing? You know, you want to kind of get out of the cubicle and, you know, mm. jump over the wall and kind of escape. Is, is, do you need to be passionate about what you're working on? Yeah, I, I think it gets bashed around a lot. Like people say, do what you love. And I say it all the time. I say, find what lights you up. So yep. you can illuminate the world, right? That's like a, a slogan, but it's so true. And now that I've been in business for six and a half years, that time has gone so fast. Mm. And I would be, you know, if I was doing something that I didn't love, um, I'd be kicking myself because we have one life, you know, the time is short and things are easier if you do enjoy them. They really are. Um, you can get stuck in the weeds. You'll, you'll work harder because you're enjoying the process. For me, I enjoy building business and I like building things. So mm -hmm. whether it's building a company or helping a company grow, I love that process. I love my own process of building a team and building the business right. and innovating. So it's, it's, for me, it's about creation. But, um, and digital marketing is the vehicle. Mm -hmm. But for some people, you know, like if you've got a true passion for, say, basketball, or you've got a true passion for music, how can you incorporate that in your business journey? Because if, if you're following the money, it, it's, it's always, it, it's not a great strategy. You know, if you mm -hmm. follow what you love, the money will come. And there's yeah. so many niche verticals where there is, there is a lot of money and it's surprising, right? But I think a lot of people predicate their decisions on what they can see, like what their perception of what other people's success look like, looks like. Um, so they can get stuck up on making decisions that really aren't for them. You know, they might create a business or start a business because they see a huge growth curve in an industry, but they might not genuinely love it. And right. my advice would be to stay away from that. Um, focus your, your first effort, energy and attention on a business that you're passionate about. And then in the future, you can invest, you can, you can differentiate, you know. Um, but if you're investing in a business, make sure you're investing in a business with a founder or operator that is passionate and loves what they do again. Yeah, because I could not agree more. Yeah. They have to be in it to either change the world, to genuinely solve a problem, or just be super passionate to improve, you know, or, or, or challenge the status quo, I think. Right. Um, I mean, you, you can have a great business and copying someone else that's successful, but you will never surpass them. And yeah. you'll always be following them. You'll never be innovating. And it's really um, their dream. I mean, you're, you're actually exactly. walking in their dream. I mean, there was a, a, a case, uh, just a personal case, a number of years ago, we had, you know, my wife and I had an opportunity to, to step into a franchise that, that, you know, sold sandwiches. And I mean, a very lucrative opportunity would have been just fine, great living, you know, that type of thing. But I'm like, man, I just cannot get excited about getting out of bed every morning about a sandwich. You know, that's, <laughs> that's right. 
that is just yeah. not what is going to, as you said eloquently, light me up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that whole idea Sorry. of it, I, I understand that there's a lot of ways to make money, and it, it you don't, mm. it's it's not like okay, I'm only passionate about you know the Los Angeles Lakers. So if I can't work for them and sell Lakers jerseys, then then I, I you know I, I'm not going to work. Well, that's not the point. I mean, the point's a little more general than that. I mean, but but go into a space that that you would virtually, if you're Googling, you know, at 10 o'clock at night, and you're thinking, I'm just kind of wasting time. What do you look at? You know, are you mm -hmm. looking at Lakers? Are you looking at NBA scores? Are you exactly? You know, that type That's of thing? Right. I mean, what are you doing in your spare time type thing? So yeah, um, agree. I want to I want to drill a little bit down on on just Firefly a little bit. So when sure. was that launched? Yeah. 2014. Uh, in the bedroom so in your bedroom so walk us through a kind of a quick timeline from say 2014 it was just a straight up right-handed hockey stick curve right everything went <laughs> smooth uh no <laughs> absolutely not um first couple of years were great though so 2014 um zero dollars zero investment and within three years we scaled to um just under two million dollar revenue had a team oh. of 15 staff still zero investment um, didn't really know what I was doing. Uh, business was moving pretty quickly. Um, two years after that, 2018, 2019, not enough focus on systems operations. Um, some challenges there. Foundation wasn't solid enough to get to that next level. Mm -hmm. And we've been floating around that same level for the last two years. Um, a, a big focus in terms of leadership, again self-awareness so really honing my craft to become a better ceo the business won't grow the business won't outgrow the the leader within it yeah, yeah, and i yeah. think i was a salesperson a bloody good one one of the best in new zealand so i could sell my heart out and grow this company to two million and i had i had sales reps as well but um as a ceo i had to evolve to get to that next level and now i've focused on leadership and systems and operations and managing the business strategically so only now do I feel like we'll break that level. And now our next goal is to reach that 10 million revenue. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm confident in the leader that I am, as well as the leaders within the business. It's not all about me anymore. It's about the team. It's about us all working together and getting everyone to pull together in the same direction rather than having me push. So um, yeah, now, now again, we're at the same sort of level, but we're more profitable. We have a very clear direction. I think we tried to do everything. A digital mm -hmm. marketing agency, you hear this slogan, full service, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're a full service digital agency. Now we're very clear. It's, it's SEO, it's Google ads, it's social ads. We have a very clear structure of how to scale those. We have very clear USPs. We're one of the, well, we are the only agency in New Zealand to guarantee rankings and traffic for our seo proposition no one else will put their name on that we'll work for free if we don't hit certain milestones so uh i guess now it's very clear we have we have performance kpis we still have the brand to leverage but we know where we're going yeah and um yeah i i think now i think if you look at it we're just a lot more mature um but we're still we're still that young fiery um, brand, you know. We want to we want to um, we want to challenge the status quo, and um, I, th I think I think we will we will do it. So it's going so to be interesting. Maybe we could catch up in a year's time. I'll let you know how. It Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. It's like how how do you have you be evolved as a leader too? But so since you kind of went to the point, you said, okay, we guarantee that we're going to meet certain metrics or whatever. Have you ever had to? 
to work for free since you made that that promise? No, no, we haven't. And that's testament to the talent, our systems and processes that we have in place. I mean, uh, we do have some volumes, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. We, we've uh, forecasted 5%. We'll, 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 you know, not hit that milestone. And we're happy to, to fund that and work for free until we hit it. Uh, however, you know, um, yeah, I think we're damn good at what we do. So we, we back what we do. Mm-hmm. The milestones as well are, are fairly, fairly fair and reasonable. Um, but it's not the ultimate goal. You know, if a lot of people want to turn a dollar into five or a dollar into 10 when they talk to us. Yep. So our KPI performance milestones ensures they receive $3 back. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it, it's it's sitting the it's sitting the bar at a point where the risk is taken off the table, mm-hmm. so that um, you know so a customer or a business can invest without the fear, and I think that's a lot of, a lot around you know doing any sort of transactional business. We're all thinking you know what is the risk factor here? If I'm building a new house, you know like I need to ensure that I have trust in the builder, or if I'm buying you know a, a new iPhone does it do what I need it to do, whatever. Yep. So there's a lot of uh, trust and risk um, analysis that we do internally. If we can take that risk off the table, particularly if we're selling something at a high ticket value, then the sales process is, is really a lot smoother. There's a lot less friction. So I've got a, I've got a question I, I really want you to drill down on. And this, this, I, had, I didn't send you this, this question ahead of time. So uh, this, uh, this man, I'm gonna pick your brain here as a, as a digital marketing expert. So I, oh. I interview a lot of people that are kind of in this space and they talk yep. about, you know, how do we increase, you know, just uh, visibility, you know, through SEO and, and, you know, ad spend and all that. So the, the question is like, is it directly proportional? Say, say ad spend and increase in SEO to increase in sales. Is, it, is that almost universal across every industry or are you seeing that, you know, it's not quite as good as it used to be, or maybe it's even better than it used to be, you know, say mm-hmm. two years ago, have you seen any, any noticeable okay. difference in the, the next, in the last couple of years or so? So the question is, have certain channels plateaued or, you know, has that growth curve been linear? Is, is that what, yeah, what's the ROI, yeah. I guess, SEO, sure. ad spend, that type of thing. Have you seen a difference? So, so a lot of channels, right? There's a lot of channel options. And I think, um, I think certain channels are getting harder and harder and harder as um, competitors jump in. And mm-hmm. particularly in APAC in Australia and New Zealand, I think you know, there's still people out there that haven't done SEO or haven't done Google ads or still haven't jumped on the Facebook ads bandwagon. And then you have these other channels like LinkedIn, which um, you know, I've been a very big um, advocate of LinkedIn for 10 years. You know, I was, I was I was on LinkedIn when I was 19 when it first started, and, um, and 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 so you have early adopters I think as well, and particularly if you can get into a channel as an early adopter and find your target audience and market to them via that channel, um, you can see incredible results. So to, to answer your question, there, 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 there's certain channels that I think work better for certain businesses, and our approach to it is we're completely channel agnostic. So if you're an insurance broker, I'm probably not going to recommend Google ads as you're looking about 40 to $50 per click mm-hmm. on Google. Whereas on Facebook ads, we can grow your brand and your leads simultaneously, reach the market you're trying to target, and we can see a cost per click of a dollar. So you know, depending on the business that we're talking to, right. we'll, we'll need to have a look at all of the channels available. 
and not have this predisposed um, idea of what we think is going to work. Um, and yeah, as, as I said, like a couple of our businesses that we worked with when we started Firefly, physios, for example. In 2014, we grew a physio branch from one branch to 15 branches. He, he managed to open 15 branches in the space of two years. And the, the return on investment from his campaign was over 40. So for every, every dollar he put into the campaign, he got $40 back. That's incredible. That's, that, that That's incredible, ROI. right? <laughs> yeah. Now, same space now, 2020, um, probably talked prior to COVID-19. So just before COVID-19. Yep. Um, we're looking at a, a return on investment of about around one in five. Mm -hmm. So, which still is as, not bad. I mean, see, one in five, that's not bad. Good. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, still if, good. If you're, if you're going like, like a two to one and, and somebody says, Oh, we get a five to one. You're going, wow, that's, that's an incredible increase. And, but when you, when you did 40 the year before, and now you're doing five, you're thinking, well, I, I obviously the market's saturated type thing. You know, you kind of have that that mentality that's right. and that's right you touched on a little bit the the whole idea of covid how have you seen that impact your your business and how are you kind of leading your team through that yeah um well so i'm a i'm an optimist by by nature I so can tell that. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but at the same time you need to apply a realist approach so like like a lot of businesses we had to cut costs um we needed to identify growth markets, we needed to just really analyze and look at what was happening. And once we had a grasp of what was going on, uh, we moved very quickly. So my approach to COVID has been a lot, very different to a lot of businesses. Uh, I've cut back on costs, but I haven't cut back to a point where I've, um, I guess, you know, come to a point where I couldn't handle the growth off the back of it. Mm -hmm. And I've actually managed to grow the business through this, um, through the situation um, because we have focused on looking at industries that can grow through this space. I basically don't, I don't want to uh, partake in this recession, put it that way. <laughs> I refuse to partake. As, as your, okay. has your team actually, have you grown your team or you just kind of have some revenue sources, new revenue sources through this or, but I mean, it's, it's a pretty short period of time. It's only a couple of months. So, I mean, it's kind of yeah. hard to, to say. But. Yeah. So, so we actually had our biggest month of new client growth last month. Um, where I've hired a team internationally to set up an e-commerce division because e-commerce is the future. Mm -hmm. And looking at the way business is being done now uh, with China, obviously coming out the back end of it, uh, more and more people are now open to buying online. And that's been um, translated, I believe, across New Zealand, Australia, America. More people have been forced to purchase online. Therefore, the, the buyer behavior has changed forever. Exactly. So as an agency, we've, we've invested into an e-commerce platform, an e-commerce team. Um, designer and, and developers, whereas prior that wasn't in our plan for about another year. Mm -hmm. So strategically looking at opportunities and going, right, well, here's the golden opportunity right now. We can either be fearful and we can we can stick to the plan, we can reduce costs, we can you know try and get through and hunker down, or we can look at this as a huge opportunity and um, and build for this demand that inevitably is is coming and has already come. It's paid off right. for us. So right brought on three big high ticket e-commerce platforms straight away um, from existing customers. And, you know, it's, it's, I think looking at the opportunity, focusing on the short term, 
Um, but at the same time, still having that long-term vision of, okay, where was I going pre-COVID-19 and how has my strategy changed? For us, the strategy was always to be in the e-commerce space, but right now it would be just ridiculous for me to pass on that opportunity to jump in right now. Yeah. Um, in terms of team, um, over-communicating. So every week, you know, updating the team on where, where we're at, um, what our plan is, what changes have been made. Um, that couldn't be more important. Doesn't matter how big or small your business is. I think again, as we were talking about risk prior when it mm -hmm. comes to sales, we need to communicate the risk to our team because our, our team would rather hear the truth, whether it's good or bad, but also hear what the plan is to get on the other side, you know, get through the other side. So, um, you know, not misleading or, or, or saying things that aren't the truth. I've been very open, very honest, but at the same time, an optimist sharing where we're going to go and how we're going to do that. And, you know, you need a team to push you through and to get out the other side. So, um, to get everyone rallied on the same vision and where we're going, you know, that, that's what it's all about. And the team have worked so hard um, helping our customers pivot. They've been amazing. And, um, you know, you, you can't do it without your team. So, yeah, that's, that's a little bit of a story around where we're, we're at. Of course, we've been financially impacted in the short term. Our mm -hmm. customers have paused. We've had gym customers. We had a very large gym portfolio. You know, we had hospitality customers as well. But it's, it's a short term. Yep. And so we're you know supporting them we're pivoting them we're we're working while they're paused you know we're doing whatever it takes to keep that relationship so that when they are ready to trade we can unpause them right so yeah and i guess you know we've been quite lucky we can work from home we're in the digital space mm -hmm. and businesses probably need our services more than um, ever now but um other businesses you know and in, in industries like hospitality and um and, and, and travel tourism, you know, it, it's, it's hard times and I do understand. Boy, is it hard. So, yeah. it absolutely, is, yeah. absolutely. But I can see gems like, you know, potentially pivoting to say online training or courses right. or yeah. those types of things. And, and you guys are going to be poised to be able to help them walk through whatever that new normal, you know, looks like. That's right. You know, and, 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 and our there. business clients have had different appetites to that. You know, some some we've suggested an online model, and and we've found technology to help them do these online training classes with their with their wow. um with their group, and others haven't been interested. So it's quite interesting. I think everyone's sort of taken their own approach to it. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, if you look at some of the biggest companies in the world, the ones that doubled down, that marketed or strategically grew through a recession, were wow. the ones that you know have have some of the biggest brands now in the world. I may, I may get this wrong, so I hope I don't quote the wrong companies here, but I believe it was McDonald's and Taco Bell. And in the last recession, um, McDonald's doubled down and marketed through and, and grew their footprint um, significantly. Uh, there's many companies that have taken different approaches over the last um, recessions that we've been through. And whether we say it's a recession now or not, you know, the employment rate is, 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 is at uh, an all-time high. Mm -hmm. But then that, that can give us signals, you know, to pull back. But at the same time, you know, in a, in a marketing sense right now, you can buy attention for 40 cents on the dollar. So if you have the ability to service or sell your product in a ethical and empathetic way, now is the time. Um, there hasn't been a better time right now to do that. And even, even money spent now is, is positioning you to be able to be responsive when, you know, that the, the tap gets turned back on, you know, whether it's later this year, or exactly. next year or whatever. So, 
Anthony, I, man, I really appreciate you just taking the time today to kind of unpack your story and, and answer some of my, you know, ridiculously silly questions around, you know, SEO, ROI, <laughs> and, and those types of things. I have to go look those words up later to figure out what they are, but I, yeah, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I, I do appreciate it. And, and man, tell, tell people where they can find you online. Awesome. So head over to fireflydigital.co.nz or check us out on social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Firefly Digital. And uh, yeah, we'd love to talk to you. We offer a 30 minute strategy call for anyone that needs advice. Um, no sales tactics in that one. So just pure value. And on our website, we have a 200 page digital strategy book that I've written. So packed full of value if you're looking to market yourself. You know, if, if things are tight and you can't bring on an agency, there's some really good gold nuggets in there for you um, to do some things yourself. So head over there and it's packed full of value. We'll make sure those links are in the show notes. Uh, but Anthony, like I said, thanks again for just taking the time today. It's been a, been a pleasure connecting with you and, and hearing your thanks, story and, and just hearing how you're kind of leading your team and, and actually how you're investing in yourself to be a, a better leader for your team and for the future and how you're transitioning from entrepreneur to CEO, which is a, a huge change. I mean, it's a huge transition, but just thanks again for just playing your part and helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Man, thanks again. Have a good day. Thanks, man. Another episode in the books. We hope you heard some great takeaways. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes and YouTube. As always, thanks for listening to Rising Tide.